Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Well, good morning, church, or afternoon. Welcome to, uh, to a church online. If it's your first time watching, may the Lord bless you. And uh, for our fathers, we just want to bless you. We want to thank you for who you are, and uh, we want to celebrate you today. As we know, it's not just a one-day thing, right? All the fathers are all saying, yeah, steak is on today, right? Just got a few more jokes. Uh, you, had a, you saw a few jokes rolling before the service. It's Dad's jokes or dad's jokes, it's pretty much the same thing, right? Got a few for you. Um, what do you call a group of funny cows? A laughing stock. I think that's a good one. <laughs> Why did Tigger put his head in the toilet? He was looking for poo. That's a good one, eh? How do you write June 20th, 2021, using only five letters and no numbers? Today. What's so great about living in Switzerland? Well, their flag is a big plus. <laughs> I think that was a good one. My wife insists I'm the cheapest man in the world. I'm not buying it. <laughs> Why did the golfer bring an extra pair of pants? In case he gets a hole in one, right? For sure. <laughs> did you hear about the kidnapping? Luckily, the kid was found, or the, I blew this one, right? Luckily, the kid woke up, sorry. How do you get a farm girl to marry you? First, a tractor. And my favorite one is, uh, I've got this awful disease where I can't stop telling airport jokes, and my doctor says it's terminal. I thought it was a good one. Blessings on you, fathers. Can, can we pray? Can we ask God to speak to us today? Yes, Father, you're so amazing, and, and we want to focus on you. We want to bless you today, Heavenly Father, Abba Father. We want to thank you for who you are and for your love that you've lavished on us. And uh, we just pray that you would be glorified, that you would have your way, that, that your name would be lifted up. And, and Father, I also pray that you would, you would bless everyone watching Every father here, that you would encourage them, that you would move upon them, that you would just speak to their hearts. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we've been talking in the Psalms, so we're going to uh, take a look at Psalm 37, and uh, we'll try to have a focus on fathers at the same time. But one of the things that I've noticed in the years past, talking with fathers, I've heard more than once that fathers don't like to come to church on Father's Day. Uh, because this is where they feel that we're just hammering them, right? It's kind of funny because on Mother's Day, we have a tendency of saying how, how great mothers are, and they are, right? And we throw flowers, and when it's Father's Day, it's like, come on, dads, chop, chop, get, it, get with the program. And this is where sometimes we're pretty, uh, pretty direct when it comes to dad. So I'll be nice on you uh, today, so don't be afraid. At the same time, I believe it's going to be challenging, but I think it's going to be challenging to all of us. And that's what we want, right? When we look at God's word, God's word is so rich. It's so amazing. And we, we got to go to God's word, right? We, we need to have interaction with God when it comes to his word. It's a well. You, you throw your, pal, your pail in and you get water over and over and over again. And my prayer is that we would have a love for God's word. And, and when, when you take the time to study God's word, 
It's unreal. Like as I was going through Psalm 37 this week and just meditating it, meditating on it, and having interaction with God, first for my own life, because I just don't want to stand before you and, and teach and preach without seeing it penetrating, penetrate my heart first. And, and it was so amazing. It was so rich. I know sometimes uh, I do this as I prepare. Uh, I get this high when I find or I discover uh, a, a jewel in God's word, and I get up. I got to go for a little walk and come back because it's so awesome. It's so, so life-giving. And, and so what we want to be, we want to be a people of God's word where God's word is central. So what I'd like to talk about today is I'd like to talk about a sure investment, investing in the right place. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with bitcoins. Uh, it's very popular. But in 2010, it was sold for $0.08. Cent. That's eight cent. And right now they're selling it for 45 grand. Imagine investing $1,000 11 years ago on bitcoins and you would be a multimillionaire today, right? Hindsight, right? You say, oh man, I should have done it. Uh, but uh, when it comes to investment, there's a lot of people that are spending a lot of time on where to invest, where you put your money, how, do you, how can you have the best interest rates and, and how can I see my money multiply and so on. And there's company that does that. If you go on YouTube to find uh, some, some advices, it's, it's full, right, of how to profit when it comes to your finances. And there's nothing wrong to, to be wise and to be smart, smart with our money. But at the same time, as, as a Christian, what should I invest in? So I'm not going to talk about financial investments. I'm going to talk about one of the characteristics that you find in the Bible that we're called to pursue is godliness. Godliness is something that we should look for, that we should desire. It should be uh, uh, the target of our heart when we get up in the morning. It's something that we should want to grow in, to grow in godliness. In Psalm 37, that's the thought that David brings forward. And, uh, and just before we go to the text, I just want to read 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. It's not going to be on the screen. It says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Training for godliness is much better. It, it, it's promising benefits in this life and for the life to come. Training for godliness. So it says that if you train for godliness, you will benefit from it here, but also you, there's going to be dividends in heavens and there's going to be blessing of your godliness because your godliness makes a difference. To be godly means to walk like God and to represent God and to shine Christ and to see God flow through our lives. So godliness is something that we should really consider and focus on. It should be a priority in our lives to invest in godliness because there's rewards in that. And I'll talk more about that later on in the message. But if you have your Bible, take a look at Psalm 37. David is inviting us to invest in godliness. Can you say that to someone around you? Invest in godliness. Pour your heart, your effort towards godliness. It's not going to happen by itself. It's something that you have to choose. It's something that you have to focus on and run towards. So, so we want to see that, right? In Psalm 37 verse 25, David talks about his journey. And he says, once I was young and now I'm old. Yet, I have, been never, I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children beg for bread. So, so David, when he writes this, he's a little older, probably in his 70s. 
and uh, he looks at his life, this, a snapshot on his life, and he says, I've never seen the godly abandoned. I've never seen their children lack bread. And, and he went through a lot, and he has a lots, lots to say. You, you think about David when he was hunted by the King Saul, basically for 12, 13 years. Imagine this, running away for that long. And, and God was preparing him uh, preparing him to be the king. And there was a journey that need, needed to happen. And, and you know, in your journey, like in my journey, God may give us promises, but to get the reward or the fulfillment of that promise, there needs to be a transformation inside. Can I let you know that God is up to something in your life? And God is there to challenge you and to make you grow so that you can step in what God has in store for you. I look at David when he was anointed by Samuel to be the king. There was a journey after that. Even though he received the promise to be a king, he wasn't a king yet. And there was this journey, this making that God wanted to see happen in his servant, David. And I believe it's the same thing in us. And one of the things that we see David adopting or living for, or running towers is godliness. You, you think about the times where Saul could have, uh, where Saul was running after him, and the times that David could have taken his life, and he didn't, and he honored the king, and, and all this, you see God was preparing him, and God was setting him up for later on to see him as a king. So it's, it, it's important to understand that when uh, David wrote this song. He's talking about his journey, and he says, guys, I'm old. I was young. I'm not young anymore, and I want you to know this, all right? So that's kind of the platform, or this kind of, this is the intro of what David had at heart. And he says in verse 1 and 2, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to be talking from uh, 1 to verse 11, uh, because I don't have to time to talk on the whole Psalms. But the first part, it talks to the godly, and then after that, he exposed the wicked. And it says in verse 1, don't worry or don't be afraid about the wicked or envy those that do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. What he's saying, there's two main things he's saying as he starts his song. It says, don't worry or be afraid of the wicked. Don't worry and be afraid of the wicked. What he's saying here is that don't focus on the wicked. Don't spend all your energy on what the wicked is doing or the ungodly is doing. Don't let uh, the wicked throw you off your game. I don't know if you're watching the playoffs hockey, but I have to admit I am because the Habs are still in it. And uh, you've got some agitators. Probably some are saying, when was he going to talk about it, right? So this is it. It's going to be this morning. So you've got some agitators that are there. And the focus of or their role is to throw you off your game. And that's what they want to do. They're going to be poking at the goaltender or, or going after the main player or the good player, trying to get them angry or, get, or, or trying to scare them off or, 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 or making a skate on their heels. And their goal is to throw them off. So David says to us, he says, don't be concerned about what the wicked is doing. Don't be caught up by uh, what they say and what they're doing. Focus on what, uh, what I have, what God has for you. And it's so important, right? Because 
life has a ton of distractions, and there's a lot of things that want to have your attention, and it's important not to be caught by the wicked. There's two things that when you get caught by the wicked, first thing is you, you become afraid or you become angry. We, we look at, a, at our world today that is saturated by the media, and I know I've said that before, I don't want to be a broken record, but you look at, at, at what we watch and what we see or what we listen to. For example, if I spend my time watching the news and all what's happening in the world, I might develop a fear problem. Would you agree with me? I might develop a fear problem. There's always something that happens. There's always a new disease. There's always something wrong. And, 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 and if you look at that, you can be caught up with fear. And, and so you don't want to be caught up with fear. So you've got to limit your intake. I, I think it's important to, to, to be in the know. But there's a different level of being in the know to be consumed by fear, by what all is happening out there. So you look at the YouTube channels, you look at all the talk shows, uh, you, you listen to the AM radio. When I was a kid, uh, it used to be music, but now it's basically talk shows. And so people are drawn to that. They're listening to this, listening to that. So when you feed yourself of negativity, so you will have fear. But also, when you listen to all the voices that are out there, and, and there, there's also might be some anger that comes. It, it's kind of funny. Those that look at some news, they develop fear, and others, they develop anger. The, the, the question I have is, what am I doing with these fears when they control me? And also, what am I doing with this anger and this rage when I absorb it? Do you, uh, do you watch sometimes YouTube channels and then you get so angry? How come? Injustice. How come this? And you get mad at the government. You get, get mad at everything and the system and all that. It influences you. It really does. Or you watch stuff that, that, that just creates fear. It influences you. So, so what David is saying here, don't spend your time on what the wicked is saying or what the ungodly is saying because when you do that you miss out on your own calling you miss out on what God wants to do in your life and I think it's a relevant message when I was reading this this week I, I thought it was pretty amazing because it, it's so relevant I, I remember when I was a young pastor there's a this an uh, elderly lady, well, at that time, she was elderly, probably my age now, so can't say el elderly, but she knocked on my door, the door of our house, and, and I remember opening the door, and her face was like big eyes. It was before Y2K, and she was caught with fear and, and also anger regarding evil and, and wickedness and and. Uh, for sure, like, I'm, I'm not saying here that we just close our eyes. Like I said, you, you want to be in the know, and, and you want to discern, and, and you, you want to be smart. But she came in my house, and the fear and the anger was unreal. So I remember having her sit on, my, in the, in, on the sofa in her living room and saying, hey, what's up? And then she just talked about this and that and it, what a bad time to be alive it's so horrible it was like it was heavy and then we started to see mission was here was there and we started to say hey let's focus on Jesus let's focus on Jesus let's put our eyes on the altar 
and the finisher of our faith. It was unreal how the climate changed after we've prayed. It was unreal the peace of God and to see her just breathe in. But imagine when you're living at that pace and you're living like this. It's horrible. You're consumed by it. So you don't want to be consumed by it. You don't want to be caught by fear or by anger because it's going to, it's going to influence you. It's not going to be good. Second thing, second thing that David says is don't, don't envy those who do wrong. Don't envy those that do wrong. And if you look at Psalm 73, verse 3, if you have time to read Psalm 73, it talks about uh, uh, Asaph. He's saying, how come the wicked is prospering? <laughs> I'm trying to do your will, God, and I'm not. Like, how come? It seems like the, the bad guys are doing so well. They invested in Bitcoin <laughs> 11 years ago, and they are multimillionaire, but how come? You didn't show me well, that I should have invested in Bitcoin, right? And, and you got this dialogue with God and this frustration. And, and look what he says in seven, Psalm 73, verse 3. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Like, he's upset. How come? And sometimes it's frustrating to see the ungodly prosper, especially when you're trying to follow God's ways, right? You try to follow God's ways and you're saying no to cutting the corners and, and you, you do what is right and you see the other guy or the other gal or whatever, another business, another family, uh, a neighbor that has a lot of toys and you know that it's a little uh, iffy how they're making their money and all that. And then you get upset, right? You say, it's not fair. How come? And sometimes you say, well, everybody does it, man. Like, why not do like the Jones, or I like to say like the Weebs here, eh? It's like, why don't we just do it because everybody does it. Does it really matter? Yes, it does. Godliness matters. And sometimes we get sucked in by the ways of the world. And that's what David is saying here. Don't get sucked in. The, uh, the, uh, um, the, uh, the wicked or the ungodly seems to be to prosper, but they will meet their God one day, and you will too. So you want to, um, you, you want to dress yourself or you want to wear godliness. It's so important. And, it's, and sometimes what I just said here, it's easy to talk about, but it's hard, right? It's hard because you look at, what they're doing seems to work. You know it's not right, but you're tempted to do the same because you want to have the same outcome. I guess what we have to define is what is a win? What is a win, really? We, we've got to look at what is a win? Is the win whatever I'm facing worth sacrificing my family? Is my win worth sacrificing friendship? Integrity, godliness, my calling. I've got to look and sit down and say, what am I running after? On whom are my eyes on? And you don't want to get caught where you are looking at the, at the evil, or not the evil, but the wicked, that is prospering and be tempted to have the same outcome. Their outcome, at the end, is not good. They need Jesus. But it's easy to be caught in this mindset like the world. And that's the thing. That's, what, that's a heart I want to share this morning. If you get this, I did my job. The kingdom of God has a different way or different rules. As a Christian, we don't follow the ways of the world. 
And it's hard for us to remember this. Who would have thought that victory would have happened through the cross? Come on. The cross is a place of victory, not in the ways of the world. The Greeks saw it as foolishness because this is the worst case scenario. The worst death is, is on the cross. How can there be something positive from the cross? You know? I look at Barabbas versus Jesus. Let's say we would have been there. Barabbas is on the stage and Jesus is on the stage. And you look at how do we see Israel move forward in the ways of the world. Let's pick Barabbas. Because he might push away the Romans. But Jesus came as a suffering Messiah. And he was there. And he went to the cross. And because of the cross, I'm here. The ways of the Lord, it's different than the ways of the world. It's totally different. It's another, um, it's another language. It's another economy where we're, ta- we're, inve- we're called to be generous because we know that God will provide. It's a total different perspective. And so, so it's so important for us not to be caught by the pattern of this world. And this is why it says in Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you go to God's word, it's so amazing. It's so rich and it challenges us. It pierces our hearts. It, it, it reveals the thought of Christ. It, it pushes forward to be more like Jesus and it, it, it brings you to a place of surrender it brings you to a place of death it really does and I, I think it's so good because this is why he can arise in me because if I am the head he can't be at the head if I am the Lord or the, the captain of my ship then he is not so I want to see him be the captain of my ship so it's so important for us not to envy the one that does wrong, uh, and, and not to fall into the temptation or justify our behavior because we want to be like the world, even though it seems to be unfair. Well, you know, the reality is we don't live in a world that is fair. Don't expect fairness. If you expect, expect fairness, you will always be bitter. That's why you got to focus on God. And that's what David says. Don't, don't be afraid of the wicked. God has a plan. And don't envy the wicked guys. Don't be caught. And he talks from experience here, from hindsight, looking back at his life. And this is why Psalm, uh, like verse 25 is so cool, where he says, Yet I have never seen the godly abandoned. I have never seen. He stops and he remembers, he looks back. Yeah. God is so true. I've never seen the godly abandoned. I've never seen their children lack bread. Wow. Let it soak in. Let it soak in. Godliness will be seen, recognized by God, and God's going to bless it. Not only to you fathers, but also to your children. They will never lack bread. It's a promise that if you choose godliness, even if it's hard, even though it's challenging, even, go, even though it, get, it goes against the current and the flow, and, and you gear yourself towards godliness, what, what you're going to see, you'll see God bless you and bless your children. When I choose godliness, what I'm saying really, I'm saying that I'm trusting God. Every time that you're choosing godliness, you're saying, the reason that I'm Choosing godliness, well, for sure, because I want to be godly and I want to follow Christ, but it's also knowing that 
It's a faith thing. You know that when you choose godliness, God's going to be there and God's going to bless it, right? Choosing godliness means trusting God. Choosing godliness means trusting God. So the reason why I don't choose godliness is because I don't trust God. But when I choose to, to walk in godliness, it's really a proof that you're trusting God. Because you're not looking with the eyes of the, of the world anymore. You're doing it God's ways. And you know that Jesus was rose from the dead from after experiencing the cross, right? You know that. We know the end of the story. So we should be, listen, we should remember this story that when you choose the way of the cross and you carry your cross, you die to self, there's resurrection. There's always resurrection when you die in the name of the Lord for the cause of the kingdom, for godliness. There's gonna be a resurrection and you got to remember this. Whatever you're facing, when you want to cut the corners, when you, when you, when you envy your neighbor that has all the toys or when you look at this evil world. So, so what you wanna do is you wanna focus on God. What I'd like to do, I'd like just to give you a little snapshot of, of, of verse uh, 3 to, to, to 11. Look what it says in verse 3. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Trust in the Lord. So, so if you look at verse 1, it, 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 he talks uh, not, to, not to be afraid of the world and not to envy the world. And then he says in verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Like, don't waste your time at envying the ungodly. And don't waste your time on trying to understand how the world functions. Don't, it's good to know, but don't waste all your energy. Trust God and what? Do good. Do good. He says, don't be caught. Don't be caught with all that is sad. Trust in God. And do good. Do good in your family. Do good at your workplace. Do good in your community. Do good in the church. Do good with your neighbor. Do good. Do what you're called to do. And God is going to be, is going to be glorified when you do that. So you trust in God and you do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. What a promise, right? Look what it says in the Amplified Version. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and feed yourself of his faithfulness, and truly you shall be fed. So what he says here, that he says, I like how it says it in the Amplified. It says to trust, to lean, to rely on, be confident in the Lord, and do good. And it says that you will be able to, 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 to live in the land, and that you're called to feed off his faithfulness. That, that, was, that brought me to, to meditate. Feed off his faithfulness. Wow. I nurture myself with that characteristic or this image or this attribute that God has, faithful. I nurture myself. Yeah, that's right, God, you're faithful. I look at this world, and instead of being caught with fear, with anger, God, that's right, you're faithful. I'm feeding myself of his faithfulness. The question I have for you, what are you feeling, feeding yourself with? Are you feeding yourself of his faithfulness? Look what it says here. I think it's so cool. Um, and feed, 
uh, so shall you dwell in the land and, and feed surely on his faithfulness and truly you shall be fed and truly you shall be fed. So you, you feed off his faithfulness and then truly you will be fed. So when you trust on his faithfulness, you will see God um, bless you and he's gonna bless you in the land. So you don't have to run away from the land. You can prosper in the wicked place. You can. You can have a godly influence in, in, a, in a hard and, and dry land because God is in you and God has called you to shine. So I don't have to run away. And when I look at this verse, it's, it says to me that trust, lean, have confidence in, in the Lord and do good and dwell in the land. Feed yourself of God and you'll see God will bless you. Look what it says in verse four. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. We, we like that verse, right? So such an amazing verse, right? You look at this and I say, oh, it's so cool. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. It's so amazing, right? Wow, I love this verse. And, and, but when you see this verse where it says delight in the Lord, it's a little higher than than. than trusting or believing it's it's delight yourself in the lord where you get up in the morning and you delight yourself in him wow even if my neighbors has all the toys in the world i've got jesus right i've got the best thing that could ever happen to me i've got jesus in my life i have interaction with god my, my record is a race. I've, I'm a son or I'm a daughter. I, I'm his. And, and you delight yourself in the Lord. You focus on that. Like, God, you're so amazing, right? And, and you look at this verse. I, I, I can imagine David, when he wrote this from hindsight, looking back, he's like, God, yeah. Delighting in you is the best thing that ever happened to me. Like he said, like he said in other Psalms, a better in one day than your car than a thousand elsewhere. I prefer to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Like I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And he's, he's filled with delight for the Lord, right? I, I think something happens when I make the Lord my delight. And it says that he will give my heart's desire. I think my heart's desire will change when I make him my delight. But he's going to be there for you. That's what he says. And that's what David is trying to con convey to us, guys. He's trying to say, don't be afraid of, of the wicked. Don't be afraid of what's happening out there. Don't be afraid. Don't envy, plus don't envy the wicked. But realize that you can delight in the Lord. And so we can do that, right? And, and so it's so amazing. Look what it says in verse 5. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the moonday sun. It says commit everything to the Lord. That's part of godliness where you commit everything to the Lord. And when you commit everything to the Lord is your action of bringing things to God. God, I give you my marriage. I'm bringing to you my marriage. I'm bringing to you my finances. I'm committing to you my job, my business. God, I'm bringing it to you. And you do that on, on a daily basis. You commit to the Lord. And it says in the verse that God will bless you in the way that you will be a tremendous testimony. You will shine, it says here. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice, and the justice of your cause will shine like the moonday sun. And a new, sorry, not moonday, but noonday sun. And the noonday sun, it's pretty, 
that's the peak, right? They say noon is like, it's the worst time when it comes to getting a sunburn. It's like, it's the peak of the day, noon. That's what David is saying here. So, so you're going to shine as you commit everything to the Lord and you trust in him. And it's, he says that he will help you. So David looks back and he says, yeah, when I committed things to the Lord, it was amazing. He came to my help. And then people saw God's intervention in my life. It was more than me fighting my own battles, me running ahead of God and causing things to, 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 to happen. I, I trusted. I brought it to God. And then I saw God help me. And then I was a testimony to others around me. I think that's phenomenal, right? Look what it says in verse 7. That's, I think, one of my favorite verse in the whole chapter or the, the whole song. It says, be still in the presence of the Lord mm. and wait patiently for him to act. Wow. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret or worry about the wicked schemes. Don't worry about that. Like, is there some conspiracy theories? Could be. Like, there's always been an undercurrent. Why would it stop, right? There's probably things, but that's not my focus. My focus is on Jesus. My focus is on God. Be still in the presence of the Lord. And that's, that's hard, right? Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him. Wait patiently for him. So waiting is one thing. Patiently, it's another, right? It's to another level. You wait patiently for him to intervene. So you expect him to come. You expect him to intervene and to work in your life, around your life, so you're not caught up by the fear of evil. You don't envy the, 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 uh, you don't envy the wicked. What you do, you choose to be still in the presence of the Lord. You wait patiently for him to act because he's going to act, so you want to follow behind him. So don't worry about evil people who prosper. Okay, don't worry about that. Don't envy them. Run your race. Do what you're called to do. And don't worry about the wicked's, their wicked schemes. Don't worry about the wicked schemes. I'm with you, right? So, so we want to see that in our lives. And I think when that's applied, it's amazing how we'll see God's provision and we'll see God bless. Look what he says in verse 8. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper it only leads to harm, and really it only leads to evil. So, so when you look at this world, listen to this. As you envy the evil that is prosperous, don't get angry. Don't get mad. When you look at the schemes of the world, be careful where you, you get angry. Be careful what you do with your anger. Don't, don't let that uh, boil in your heart and causes you to walk away from your calling. Verse 11 says here, but the meek and the humble will, will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. The meek, again, it goes contrary to the ways of the world. The meek in this world doesn't, work, doesn't win anything. How many of you, you like to win? I hate to lose. At one point, I had to stop playing team sport because I was getting too violent. Like, this would just boil inside. I remember one time I was playing hockey, and I cross-checked a guy on the back, and I said, I crossed the line here. I've got to take, I got to chill. 
I got to re- relax and I started to do more individual sports because it, it got the worst out of me. And I realized I had to, to deal with things in my heart. And after that, I've never been able to play full team sport all out because I'm, I'm a little afraid of what can, can come out. I love to win. But what is winning? What is winning? And, and, and when I choose meekness, when I choose godliness, I will see a win. Because this is where God will step in. This is where God will intervene. So I go before God, I trust in God, I rely on him, and he will make a way. He will make a way. He will intervene. He will be glorified. So we want to live like this. That's my challenge with you, fathers, and all of us watching, not to get caught into the trap of envying the ungodly and be caught by what the world is doing and lose focus on who God is. And I, I, I really, except Jesus, I don't think there's another better candidate than David when I look at his life. And he says to us at the end of his life, hey guys, if I read back my first verse here, when he says, don't worry or be afraid about the wicked. Don't be afraid about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. Like, for like grass, they will fade away. Like spring flowers, they will wither. So my prayer, and I'm repeating myself, don't worry and don't envy. Don't worry. And that's what David is saying. Don't worry and don't envy. I'm going to say it one last time. Don't worry. Please don't worry. Trust in God and don't envy. Trust in God and God will make a way. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.